I think this year is going to be an amazing year. I thought last year was pretty amazing. Uh, we had amazing things happen. We've seen uh, new babies born into this congregation. Uh, and um, long may that continue. For all of you that wish to have five, six, seven children, keep going for as long as you like. Um, since it won't affect me directly. Um, but new babies have been fantastic. I think somebody actually found a boyfriend this year as last year as well. Okay, so uh, exciting things have been going on in all of our lives, personally, but also the people around us. And I, I am so thrilled uh, that we are beginning our third year as a congregation. Can you believe that? We've had two full years, and this is our third year. And who knows what God is going to do this year? I mean, I, personally... And, and collectively together. And all of the good that is done by God this coming year is going to be done because of faith in one way or another. Our faith is imperative to God being able to work in our personal lives and in our, uh, our lives as a congregation. So we're talking about by faith today, which is, in fact, the theme for our parent church, the London congregation. That's the theme for the year for the whole of the uh, London sister church. And so I thought it would be a good thing to start the year off talking about by faith. Now, if we're going to talk about by faith, however, we've got to understand uh, what we're talking about. So let me ask everybody, what would be your brief definition of faith? And, and I mean in a very general sense. It doesn't have to be about biblical faith. Just kind of, if you are talking to somebody at work, a neighbor, a friend, someone at school, and you said, now, what is faith? What kind of answers might we get? What do you think, Barry? Belief in something with no evidence that it's... Yes. Something? Belief in something with no evidence it's actually going to be, exist or happen. All right, maybe something we're not sure actually will happen or does exist, but believing in it nonetheless. Okay, good. Thank you. That's one. Yeah. Uh, Bookie. Oh, that, oh, that is deep. Say that again. Embracing the reality of a desire before the manifestation. Embracing the manifestation of a desire before the manifestation, the before the reality actually manifests itself. Wow. I, 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 that's the kind of thing you can put on a slide and put it online, and, and you'd get 65,000 likes. <laughs> that's a really deep and profound one. I like that. Yeah, Tunde, what were you going to say? To trust blindly, okay? That's some people's definition of faith, yeah? Anything else? What is faith? Something about an, on, an ongoing thing. Uh, uh. It's, it's something that's it's like a glue in your life. Mm. Whatever the highs and lows are, it's about holding on to something. Holding on to something through the highs and the lows, an enduring kind of, of connection and of trust in something. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, Joe? Putting an idea into uh, action without expecting anything back. Putting an idea into action without necessarily expecting something back in return. Great. Faith. Isn't it interesting how much of our lives and our world function on faith, and yet in some ways how hard it is to drive to to push it into one small phrase or idea. So much of the world functions on it. Um, generally, we take lots of steps of faith. Our country does. We do personally. Brexit is a step of faith. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, whether you, whichever way you voted, I'm not going to ask you, it's a step of faith because we actually don't know how it's going to work out. 
at least not in detail, right? It's a step of faith. Whenever you vote in an election, however you vote, it's a vote of faith because you really can't control what those people will do once they're in office, whether you like them or not. It's a step of faith. Uh, getting married is a step of faith because you're committing yourself to that person for, what is it, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. I mean, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. You don't know what that person's going to turn into <laughs> once you've married them and once you've been married to them for 10 or 20 or 30 years. I mean, we really, it's a, it's a huge step of faith, which is why we need to make a commitment. But that's a whole other sermon for another time. Um, having children is a step of faith. Because one never knows how they're going to turn out, how they're going to look, how much money they're going to earn, whether they're going to look after you whether you're, when you're old, which, of course, all of the children here will, of course, look after their parents when they're... You're already looking after him, Nathan. Yeah. And you're, I have to say, Nathan, you're doing a great job, by the way. So uh, commendations to you. All of these things, starting a new job, I mean, just buying a house, moving, I mean, all these things are an enormous step of faith. So actually, faith is integral to our lives, whether you have biblical faith, a religious faith, or a spiritual faith, or not, the whole world runs, to some degree or another, on faith. Now, let's talk about biblical faith. Okay, so who would like to give a stab at a biblical definition of faith? What's biblical faith about? What's the faith of the Christian faith really all about? How can you try and you know, squeeze that into a, a couple of words or a phrase? Isaac and his son. Isaac and his... Oh, Abraham and Isaac. Okay, what Abraham did with Isaac was a step of faith. Okay, absolutely. Prepared to slay his son. Good example. All right, what else? How might we put faith? Nathan? America <laughs> America voting for Trump as president could be defined as faith, could be defined as many things. Um, but we won't go into the politics right now. But okay. What about a biblical faith? Go on, Bookie, give us something else. Considering the truth of what God says, perhaps, as against the facts that you can see. Okay, so trusting God's truth against what you can actually see when the two don't match up. And then we see a lot of that in the Bible. Leon, come on. Being sure of what we do not know. Oh, you've picked a Bible verse. <laughs> being, being sure of what we do not know, what we cannot see. Okay, being, yes, being, we'll come to that in a minute, which is very good. No, that, that's absolutely right. Anything else? Anybody else want to try one, Penny? Well, actually, how do you know when it's faith? Mm-hmm. So, I know that's not what you asked, but there are similarities. Mm -hmm. Sorry, could be provocative. No, it's not provocative. It's just a good question. I mean, how do you know the difference between true faith and folly? Now, we're, I think what we'll look at today might answer some of that. So, I hope so. Anyway, we'll see how we do. Disciples, that total faith. In retrospect, we've already they got the Bible. They didn't have must have been challenging for the early Christians who didn't have a Bible and the early people who followed Jesus, all right? They had to have faith in him, all right, which is important. So it's faith in a person. So there's, there's, two, there's several different kinds of faith, and there's many ways to define it that would be accurate in, in terms of what the Bible says faith is. But uh, generally speaking, it's either faith in something like a doctrine, 
or it's faith in trusting in a person as in Jesus or God. Now, we're going to talk less about doctrines and, and statements and things like that today, more about being, having faith in God and having faith in Jesus today, because I think as we go through our day, and as I go through my day, my week, and as we go through our year together, it's going to be much less about what we technically believe, and we need to talk about that from time to time, but actually our day-to-day lives are much more affected by our view of Jesus, our view of God, and how much we really trust him. Does he have my best interests at heart? Is, are things working out the way that not only he wants them to work out, but actually the way that will work out the best for what I need? And so it's about our faith in God, our faith in uh, Jesus in that way. The phrase, by faith, comes up 48 times in the New Testament. I mean, the word faith comes up much more than that. But just to give you an idea of, of the significance of that phrase, by faith, 48 times in the New Testament. You don't have to write all those down. Faith is an important part of life in general, and it's an important part of the spiritual life particularly, because if we don't understand the life of faith, we can't understand following (coughs) Jesus and letting God work in our lives. Trust is vital. Okay, another question. Tell me some times when people demonstrated faith in the Bible record. When are some times that people demonstrated faith actually in the New Testament, or actually all the Old Testament for that matter? In the Bible, give us some examples. I would think that the um, disciples, when Jesus first called them, mm-hmm. and, and they, they left their jobs, so their money, so, you know, their income, to follow him, because they, they just did, <laughs> by faith. Okay. I always think that that's a really, I don't know, clear... They left their homes, their families, yeah, livelihood, yeah. comfort, security, to so follow him. Not fully, yeah. It was going to, yeah, and it would have looked like folly to, to, to some people. people. To some people, it would have looked like folly, and to others, it would have looked like confusing. And to the disciples, we don't know exactly how they felt, but they made a decision of faith, definitely. And they made a really quite an instant decision. It certainly wasn't drawn out, long drawn out. They left their nets. Right. They had to make a decision. Okay, good. Thank you. The disciples following Jesus. Other examples of people? Yeah, Barry? Peter getting out of the boat. (laughs) Peter stepping out of the boat. Certainly must have looked like folly. And uh, how exciting. But yes, okay, good. David against Goliath. David against Goliath. A teenager, probably, right? I mean, your age, maybe, right? Against... He knew he could do it. He trusted in God. Simon, did you have one? Um, when the Roman centurion's servant was killed, yeah. went to Jesus and took Jesus at his word. <clears throat> right. I don't know if that was embarrassing to him at the time, but he, you know, he you know, humbly went to Jesus and, and believed what Jesus said. He trusted Jesus. He said, you don't have to come home. You don't have to, I'm not worthy to have you under my roof. I'll just trust you, and he went home, and his servant was healed. That's that's definitely faith. That's he couldn't see that, but then he saw it later. Saw the results later. Leon, if you're looking for examples of people who like went back to the Bible for their faith, like the Bereans are good Okay. Mm-hmm. And they went back to the Acts 17. Yeah. To, to sort of, and they built their faith on what they were told and what they read. Okay. I mean, that, that whole 
calls for the Lisbon journey is quite valuable. We can talk about some pretty valuable ideas being spoken. Yes, yes, yes. Well, the book of Acts is a great testimony, a, a great uh, record of, it's called the Acts of the Apostles in many Bibles, right? Other people say it could be entitled the Acts of the Holy Spirit, which is also legitimate. It could also be Acts inspired by faith, you could say, because so, so much of the book of Acts is about people stepping out in, in faith. Really good point, actually. Hadn't thought of that. Thank you. Right, now, okay, so let's go to Hebrews 11 just for a minute. And I'm going to move swiftly through this because we had to start late because of the gate not opening properly. Sorry about that. So um, I'm going to attempt to still finish on time. So let's see how we do here. Let's do some speed reading of Hebrews 11. Shall we try that? And we are going to read a lot of it. But I, the reason is we're not going to look at every detail of what happens here in Hebrews 11 or the, the people referred to in, Acts 11, in, in Hebrews 11. Sorry, But we are going to... Uh, go through it to get a picture of faith. Faith in action. When you've got trust in God, because I think faith in many ways, if you want to boil it down, is really trust in God. Trust in Jesus. Okay, I will trust you and therefore I will act. Then in Hebrews 11, we see this, Lord, this list of people with that kind of faith that the writer to the Hebrews wants to inspire them to say, you've been living a life of faith, you had been living a life of faith, now you're sort of drawing back from a life of faith. I want you to consider these people and understand what faith looks like and be inspired again to live this kind of life because it's the kind of life that God uses. So let's have a quick look at Hebrews 11 and that verse that Leon half quoted earlier, uh, more or less accurately, depending on which translation you were thinking of, of course, Leon. Now, the correct, uh, Leon, the, the Leon version, right? The, the, uh, the, the authorized Leon version, the ALV, okay. Um, now, uh, verse one, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So a couple of people mentioned things like that. And this is what the ancients were commended for. Those who've gone before us, who live by faith, they were commended for this kind of faith. Uh, by faith, we understand the universe was formed by God's command, so that what is seen is not made out of what was visible. And by the way, I'll just say, if you believe that God did not create the universe and it came about by some other thing, then that's faith as well. It's not a choice between faith and not faith, or faith and rationality. It's still faith, because you didn't see it created. So whatever you believe in, you believe in by faith. So it's a choice of one faith or another faith. That's another story for another time, but I just thought I'd mention it while we're here. So... Verse 4, by faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he's dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from his life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen. You guys did something on Noah in pre-teens, didn't you? I remember you talked about it. Okay, so you know all about this. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world, became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith. Abraham, when called to go to a place he would receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going, which is a crazy thing. 
by, no sat-nav for him. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents as did Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. He was looking forward to the city with foundations. His architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who made the promise. And so from this one man, and he, as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were living by faith. And we'll move on to verse 17. By faith, Abraham went and God tested him. Talking about Isaac, as you mentioned, Bill, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He, he who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your faith, your offspring, will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even re raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from the dead. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed you to Jacob's son. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites. By faith, Moses' parents hid him. By faith, Moses, when he'd grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. By faith, he left Egypt, verse 27. By faith, he kept the Passover, verse 28. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on the dry land. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell. By faith, the prophet Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And this is my favorite paragraph. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms. I mean, we sometimes think we have a big job here, establishing this church, keeping it running, seeing people become Christians, restored to the faith, seeing our children uh, grow up to love God. We think this is the, the biggest thing in the world. But these people conquered kingdoms. I mean, it's astonishing what is done by faith in God. Conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the Flames, thinking about Daniel there, I think, and, and his uh, friends. Escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength. I love that. Don't we feel weak from time to time? Don't we feel weak personally? Sometimes as a congregation, we're a small group. We're not as small as we could be. We could be just one person. We're not as big as we could be. Sometimes we feel weak. We don't have all the resources we'd like, all the money we'd like, all the people we'd like, all the gifts we'd like. But that the weakness was turned to strength there by faith who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. There were others who were tortured, refusing to be released, so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning, sword in two, killed by the sword, went about in sheepskins and goatskins. That's, I guess, uh, clothing from secondhand shops, perhaps. I don't know what the modern equivalent is. Uh, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Oh, and I, I just what, a, what an appropriate phrase. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. They may not have looked impressive to the rest of the people around them. They may not have been commended by their friends or their family, but they were commended for their faith Yet none of them received what had been promised. In other words, they didn't get what we get in the Holy Spirit and the assurance of our salvation because of what Jesus has done. Since God had planned something better for us, that only together with us would they be made perfect. 
What an amazing list of people of faith who live by faith, acted by faith. We need to have faith in God. If we're going to see God do something good in our lives, faith in God is important for that. I love this uh, quote I found. Let me read it for us by Oswald Chambers. Faith is deliberate confidence in the character of God whose ways you may not understand at the time. I like that. There was a book he mentioned something along those lines, I think. We may not understand what God is doing and why he's doing it, but we trust in God's character. What, what helped all these people act as they did, live as they did, make the sacrifices they did, live by faith and see God work was because ultimately they trusted his character. If we're going to resolve anything to, in, to enable God to use us this year, 2018, we've got to resolve that we trust God's character. We might not understand everything he does. We might not understand every teaching of the Bible. We might not know how to interpret large parts of the Bible, but if we trust his character, then we can live by faith. So, I've got a question for us. Based on Ephesians chapter 2, let's just go to the second part here and talk for a moment about our calling. We need to have faith in God, but we need to have faith in our calling. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, it says this. We are God's handiwork. The Watford Church is God's handiwork. You are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared, God prepared in advance for us to do. God's got some good things for us to do this year. It's going to be exciting to see what they are. We need to ask ourselves, then what, what, is that, how, what part does uh, uh, faith play in this? And I would say this, say this, I don't know exactly how to answer Penny's question about the difference between faith and folly. But what I do know is that faith entails taking some risks, which we see there in Hebrews 11. Faith doesn't come, a life of faith doesn't come in, a, in the place of comfort. It comes in the place of discomfort. Hopefully not in the place of being so uh, um, foolish that we get into the place of being dis, uh, some delusional state. We're not talking about that. But it is a risk. Did not God take risks in creating us? Did not God take risks in sending his son? So what risks might we take, trusting the character of God, to see him work in our lives <coughs> and in this congregation. He's got some good things in mind for us to do. What do you believe that God can do in your life if you live by faith? What do you believe that God can do if we as a church live by faith? What can he do in this church? What can he do in you? What can he do in your family? What can he do in your own heart? What can he do in your neighborhood? What can he do on your street? What can he do in your workplace? What can he do in the mother and toddler group? What can he do in the club and the or the hobby that you enjoy? What can he do in your life? I, I'd like to encourage us to pray this week about that one thing. By faith, if I were to live by faith, best I can this year, keeping my eyes on Jesus and my, my confidence in the character of God, God, what could you do? Ask God that question. Maybe we shouldn't ask it of ourselves because maybe we don't even know. 
But maybe we can ask God. God, what can you do this year if I live by faith? And show me how. Show me how to live by faith. And show me what it is that you can do. Trusting in the character of God. Living by faith. I don't think there's any more exciting way to live. Honestly, there are lots of exciting things we can do in life. And we enjoy lots of fun things. But I don't think there's anything more exciting than living a life of faith. Then we see God move and God work. A guiding verse that might help us is this one. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So if you want to figure out how to live a life of faith, maybe we want to ask ourselves, how could I love people more? As that's how faith works. Yes, okay, I'll go back to that picture. Can God use this motley crew? Can God use these strange people in 2018? Can he? Well, we're all there, I think. Yeah, and that is the crazy picture. There is a sober picture of us all sort of sitting there smiling like that, but I thought that was a better picture for us today. Because that's, to me, that's more a picture of faith. <laughs> of just being ourselves with God and with one another. Let's be ourselves with God and with one another. Let's live a life of faith this year. Why not? What, what better way to live 2018? Can you consider the fact that we might be a year here a year from now and we haven't lived a life of faith? How would we be feeling? Would we even all be here? Let's live a life of faith. It's all by faith. We can trust God's character. So pray this week, please. Pray with me this week that we will learn how to live a life of faith. Let's pray together now. Father, we thank you that Jesus shows us how to live by faith as he trusted you even to go to the cross. And we thank you for the many other people like Peter and the other disciples and people we, we actually don't know the names of but who live by faith to show us what it means. Father, we pray that this year will be a year when we can say at the end of it, whatever happens, whatever other weaknesses or failings or even sins that we have got, we say that at the end of this year, God, please help us to be able to say personally and as a church, Father, that we've lived for you by faith. Help us to express our faith in acts of love and help us to trust in your character. Father, we know you are trustworthy. Sometimes we don't feel it. Sometimes it doesn't look like we can trust you. But God, we hold on to you tightly and we do know ultimately we can trust your character because you sent Jesus for us. Help us to trust you. Help us to live by faith. And we put the rest of this year into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.